Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. One of the strengths of uh, our approach to healthcare in this country is that uh, different provinces and different regions uh, get to respond to their needs in different ways. And they get to respond in ways that are better suited to their particular situations. That's certainly something that we don't uh, think applying a one-size-fits-all across the country uh, is the best way to do it. But there will be elements of uh, what we're working on that will be an agreement with the entire country. So there was a Mr. Trudeau speaking in Hamilton at their convention or cabinet uh, retreat and announcing this meeting that he's going to have with the premiers on February 7th in what sounds like not necessarily a full health deal, but bilateral deals. Like the Ontario deal will be different than the BC deal, uh, the Quebec deal, et cetera. But that's what it sounds like. They're working towards a bilateral arrangement with um, the provinces. Uh, but there's still lots of politics at play here because I think a lot of people came away with it thinking, okay, they're going to sit down on the 7th and then we're going to have this deal and then we'll finally, years late, get billions of dollars in healthcare spending that is is way overdue and um, is desperately needed. But then the Manitoba Premier is saying, well, they can't make a deal on the 7th because they haven't actually talked to anybody in the Trudeau government about details. I mean, she's talked to Dominic LeBlanc about a few things, but nothing's been put on the table. So they've been asking the Trudeau government to sit down for two years, and um, they have no clarity, but they will be sitting down. And, of course, we can't throw money at healthcare. That's all we ever do. Um, so what do these reforms need to actually look like? If Like if they're at the table, what needs to be put on the table that actually makes sense and is not political and is not just going to throw more money to make it look like they did something? Because that's clearly what we have been doing. Dr. Sean Watley, former president of the Ontario Medical Association, also practicing physician and author of When Politics Comes Before Patients, Why and How Canadian Medicare is Failing. Great to have you again, doctor. Thanks so much. Thank you, Alex. If you were crafting, um, you know, the points of this meeting as to what specifics need to happen, because, you know, there, you know, there are a lot of politics at play with this. Um, what, what needs to happen so that we actually get an idea that reform is, is coming our way? Yeah, so great question. I'm glad you opened too with his uh, quotes about different provinces, different ways. I just thought, oh my gosh, not only are they using their spending power to bribe provinces to do things, now they're going to have individual side deals with each province. Uh, I mean, my hair was standing up on the back of my neck, but you asked, what should we do? So I would suggest we start with who's in charge, right? You know, as, as citizens, as patients, as people who work in the system, we need to know who to hold accountable to when they don't live up to their promises. And right now we have no clue. The feds want control, but they don't really want to spend on it. They're giving basically a tip on the total spending, right? 22%. Mm -hmm. It's like they give a tip, but they want to choose the menu. And yet the provinces have all the experience. They have the constitutional uh, authority under the Constitution Act, Section 92. And yet we don't know who to blame. So it, it's uh, it, it's that's where I would start. Who's in charge? 
Yeah, well, that would be nice. I'm not sure we'll get that answer at that meeting because I think it's an impossible <laughs> question because, you know, the federal government initially, I mean, it was agreed 50-50. Provinces pay 50, the feds pay 50, and then over the years it got whittled down and whittled down, so they're only giving 22% of funding, and then the provinces are stuck having to come up with the rest. And so what the provinces are asking for now is at least bump it up to 35% so that we can get extra funding to deal with all what's broken. And so there's going to be all sides now looking to be um, the person that comes comes up with the solution and gets the most money. So they're, they're all looking for their win here. But ultimately, uh, doctor, and I don't need to tell you or your frontline workers or patients, we need solutions that actually address and don't ever put us back into this situation that should have been done years before. And so if we had a side deal, let's pretend we're gaining our own little deal here for Ontario. Uh, what does that look like? Where do we need the most spending? Is it in doctors or is it in emergency care or is it in diagnosis? Like, wh where's the need most? Well, it's a great question that you put. You, you, we presuppose that we need spending. I agree, money is great for everything. Everybody wants more money. A little bit more money will help us open wards and that sort of thing, hire more people. But do we really need spending or do we need a new approach to management? So, right. harkening back to the conversation we had earlier about shifting funds into facilities that actually can change management to meet patient needs. But I'm glad you mentioned 50-50. That 50-50 agreement, essentially that's a blank check, right? If you tell your mm -hmm. kids, hey, I'll spend 50% of whatever you spend on your, on your college uh, tuition or books, that's a blank check for them. And so it started as a blank check in 1957 with the Hospital Insurance Act and then 66 Medical Care Act. But once Medicare was built, the feds turned off the blank checks in 1977. They said, no, no, okay, we're just giving you per capita transfers. We'll give you a few tax points, but you guys are on your own because we can't keep up with your spending. And at that point, they were only spending 26%. So I love this percentage thing. It's kind of fun to watch. You know, you're only spending 22, give us 35, but 35% of what, right? It's a blank check. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Um, and ultimately, if it doesn't make care better for, you know, people, if they can't get a doctor, which was a, one of Trudeau's big promises, um, if you can't get care in rural um, Ontario because there's not a hospital within a few hundred, you know, miles of your place, uh, you know, people are looking at this and saying, if I can't get diagnosed within two years of an injury or surgery, uh, they're not going to see it as change. Um, you know, and and aside from that, doctor, we also have this huge mental health crisis, and we don't have a cohesive strategy, and that requires money. So, but that I think would even have to, you don't want to create another bureaucracy, but you also can't fold it necessarily into what we're doing now, or can you? Yeah, so much there that you've mentioned. So we could parse apart uh, quality and mental health. Just a quick comment on quality. Quality usually talks about access. You want efficient care, effective care, safe care, equitable care. Um, and so there's a whole package that goes into quality. We have to hold the provinces accountable for delivering on that quality. It's not just about funds. It's not just about wait time. It's also about the experience that you actually have when you get there. But the second thing about mental health, you're you're now unpacking something that doesn't have hard end points. You can measure how many hips have been replaced. You can't measure how much better people are feeling from a mental health perspective. So that's a huge can of worms, very hard to solve. Very hard to solve because ultimately it's almost if you don't have a doctor who can kind of hold your hand through the process, it's a very difficult system to navigate. And if you're in crisis, you'll, you'll give up. Oh, totally. So patient navigators are are, are well-described in the literature. Again, it costs money. Um, but really what you're getting at is the whole, the, the issue here is 
you know, it's a, it's a bit like peacekeeping, right? So if, if we have police officers and we say, go out and keep the peace, well, how do you measure how much peace has been kept? Peace is a metaphysical concept, right? Can you pay people more for keeping more peace or punish them for not keeping enough peace? It's same with mental health. It's hard to measure how much mental health services we've actually provided and to measure precisely the impact. And usually when we start talking about impact, it's talking about on the extreme ends of things where people are doing really terrible things, but that is only a drop in the bucket compared to the larger problem. And so with mental health, you're dealing with coping. It's huge, giant issue, very hard to fix. Yeah, no question about it. And, um, you know, we will get a deal at some point. It's long overdue, but a deal does not necessarily mean a good deal. And so I guess, as I always say, the devil will be in the detail. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, is I, I mentioned it every time I can, why would the federal government want more control? Why would they want to dictate? Now, I understand maybe they're predisposed to want to dictate things, but they don't have the tools to implement the change that yeah. they want. And why do they think they're the experts on change? The provinces have all the experience on running healthcare, And even I would argue, not even the provinces, the local regions, the local hospital knows more what their patients need than what Queens Park does. And so it's bizarre to me that someone in Ottawa is saying, well, these are the outcomes we want for the whole country. It's just uh, inconceivable to me. No, not to me. This is a government that ran on big government, so it's not inconceivable to me. Uh, Doctor, we will uh, wait and see. Um, I guess the 7th is uh, when we'll hopefully get some kind of idea, but appreciate the uh, conversation. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, Dr. Sean Watley joining us. Yeah, no, like government loves more government. They They think that only government knows what's best. Yeah, less government more accountability and actual action. I think a big theme of what I think of what we're really seeing in the last little while is that those in charge have not been doing what they promised. And now we're seeing the results, whether it's building the affordable housing that doesn't exist, whether it's, you know, proper investments in healthcare. They made the investments. They just did it in more bureaucracy, more pointy-headed pencil pushers. We don't need that. We need supports and services and all the things we pay for and are told we're getting, and they just don't come.